0: Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today's guest is the amazing Erica De La Rosa. She is so cool. She's an actor, educator, a director, a community activist, uh, someone who has been working in the arts for years and now is using it as a form of and, uh, teaching and mentoring. And uh, I think that's really, I think it's awesome. I love having people who do cool stuff come on here. Uh, If it's uh, making some cool piece of art or a podcast or comedy or music. Or someone who's uh, an actor turned more teacher to help the youth and do something for their community. Uh, Erica is basically between New York and San Antonio. But she talks a lot about uh, her time as a working actor in New York. Uh, So the puentes. Young Artist Residency has an amazing GoFundMe page right now that you should and can donate. And if you don't want to donate your money, totally get it. But you can at least share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook. Do it for me at the very least because she was nice enough to give me an hour. So let's try to help her raise a couple bucks or just get the name out there. Go to GoFundMe.com Pientes. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, oh, it's Pientes NYC Rex. Go to core We'll have the page right there. Uh, Erica, sorry if I said any of that wrong. Um, what, just a wonderful episode, uh, as always. You can find me on uh, the Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. Uh, there's a Facebook page, Instagram account that I use, but the Twitter on it way too much. Dwight and I from the Broken Brain and Magula Magazine have been covering. Dwight and I have been covering uh, Mister Robot for Core Temp Arts Presents TV. Ate my brain, so please check that out. And last two things. If you're on Twitter, please go to uh, the ha- uh, the account at and Family, which is this amazing account. If you're a podcaster, you gotta check it out. Great way to find new shows. More importantly, vote for me. I have until Friday, uh, August nineteenth. Uh, I'm right now. I'm behind, but I want to get in first place. If you could help out, that'd be amazing. And if you like the show, please just leave me an iTunes review. That stuff means the world to me. Uh, the show is free and will probably always be free. I don't. It will always be free. An iTunes review can help out a lot. And, and thank you for all the new listeners that have been coming in. It's been really cool seeing the downloads go up. Uh, just shout out to all the wonderful guests. Please poke around. Check out some of these back episodes. Um, uh, you know, Carl and Brianna are the two people who say they like these intros, so I'm doing it for you two today. You guys, make sure you follow Erica on the Twitter as well, at E-D-L-R. I'm rambling. Let's get to it. Let's
1: Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Quartz and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Popped Us Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtinparts.com the Now I'm in the cause I tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born
0: sinner, the opposite of a when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Pizza, raw
1: jeans, Lucy B, King to bring.
0: Funk, laugh, the flex, love, fun, star, ski. So you're, you're in Texas?
1: I am. I'm in San Antonio, Texas.
0: San Antonio. I've heard actually some uh, really good things about that town.
1: Yeah? Like, what have you heard?
0: So my wife's friend, like, lived there. And her, my okay. wife just got in New Orleans, and she had driven out to, uh, to see her, my wife went to Laurel, and her friend from San Antonio lived there. I was just like a nice. Um, so I live in Providence, and she said and when her friend came to visit one time, she went to school up here. Then they were visiting after they graduated. She said Providence and San Antonio are these kind of like little hidden gems, or maybe on a national level, not everyone knows about it. But if you once you live there, like there's good food, stuff to do, music and art. Is that f- accurate? Yeah. Or is yeah, it pretty much. I
1: mean, uh, we call San Antonio. No, San Antonio's not terrible. Um, I call it like <laughs> a big town. Uh, in like a in because we're like the large one of the largest. We're like the seventh fastest growing city in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so I call it. It's like a big town. That's that's kind of how I
0: like a college town.
1: It. No, not a college town. It's funny because we have several universities and colleges here, but we're not considered a college town. We're actually considered military city military yeah, Town, yeah. USA. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, there was a time actually before I left for New York many, many moons ago um, <laughs> that San Antonio was primarily, you know, Mexican-American. And then a lot of the bases, a lot, it started to diversify and then grow. And then so when I came back about three years ago, it's a completely different city. So we're very big. While New York grows up in height, we grow out in radius. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's, yeah. So it's, it's really, it's come, yeah, it's coming, it's coming along. You know, sometimes I'm like, Oh my God. I just wish we could move a little faster. And, um, and that's usually after I've been in New York for like a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, ah, and then I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Now I remember why I moved down here. (laughs) I moved down here to take a break. (laughs)
0: <laughs> space thing. for
1: space, I don't want to live on top of anybody more, and I want a yard.
0: <laughs> Things are cheap, yeah, yeah, because I feel Providence is a very similar like. Uh, or in regards, I I just moved here maybe five years ago, and it wasn't I, at one point it wasn't really a great place to be, but then it's and it's in and its renaissance, and now it's kind of like even the five years I've been here, like I just got kicked out of the neighborhood because it got gentrified so much, and I had to move. So it's kind of in that like phase, but, um, I'm just a sucker for like good restaurants and art and affordability.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely not New York. It's <laughs> not New York. You're right. It's no, not I... New York. I mean, there's still affordable housing here, even though, yes, you're right. There are neighborhoods around me and actually my neighborhood is, is slowly becoming gentrified. Like you can see the waves coming in. Yep. Um, and you know, my family has been, you know, on, our block for thirty something years, so it's 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 different, it's weird. Um, but the food, the food's amazing. Although sometimes I'm like, oh, Mexican food again. But then when I leave, when I leave and then I come back, I'm just like, oh, wonderful, so wonderful. People can't do this; they can't do this anywhere else but here. Well, why um, why is that with uh,
0: Mexican food? Because you would think it
1: could well, be you recreated know, anywhere. Funny. But
0: I I've, I've never been to Texas, but everyone I've ever met from this in texas it's just like i don't i have friends in new york who are from like um texas and all these areas in texas and they're like they're like i don't know what it is there's just something about it like someone from mexico can move to new york but it won't taste as good
1: yeah i mean it's funny because my sister actually just said the same thing the other day um which was you know it's so simple to do but yet people can't get it right yeah. And I think it has to do, it has to do with, uh, the ingredients, like the accessibility of ingredients, certain ingredients that are just staples, um, in Mexican or Tex-Mex cuisine. Cause ours is Tex-Mex, right? So mm-hmm. I really do feel like Mexican food restaurants do very well. If you're actually going to a Mexican owned Mexican food restaurant in New York, you're, you know, you're going to get some good food for the most part, unless it's like in a very highly gentrified, area mm-hmm. um then you know they're kind of cooking for the clientele that's coming in yeah um but with mexican owned mexican food restaurants and in, in, i'm sorry in new york you're going to get the cuisine of the family of where they lived in mexico that's why I- Everything's so different. That's why one, that's why each Mexican food restaurant in New York is so different from the other. Um, just because, you know, some families may be from Oaxaca and then some people, some families may be from the Yucatan, like from the coastal line, which is more seafood based. Mm. So it's, it's different. Whereas Tex-Mex, you know, we kind of used what was available on the land, and that's how we got, like, pajitas, you know, because mm. there was cattle, there was cattle ranching, cattle raising, cattle riding, that's where that came from, and then, like, the mixing of the two. So, also, I think, also, you know, we are indigenous, but also the indigenous people that were here before, like fried bread, we have tortillas, mm. you know, that kind of, flour tortillas. So, I think it's really, like, the accessibility of quality ingredients, things that you know <laughs> that you can get from your block, I mean, and most of us that move from, from Texas or specifically from San Antonio and we go to New York City, we really try to make the food ourselves because it, it really tastes the best when you make it, learn to make it yourself. And sometimes getting ingredients can be a little difficult. And so you got to kind of make do, <laughs> you know, make do with, with different uh, seasonings. And okay, that kind of tastes like it. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> What's the barbecue scene out like that in there? Because that's my. Uh, I guess you can kind of tell who I am now. Barbecue, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm Texas food. You know, I, especially I in the know. Northeast, there's such a stereotype of people who are just shit on the South. They're like, oh, you're from Texas? I'm like, Tell me what you're eating. That sounds great.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny because my partner moved down with me from New York, and he's, he's originally from Belize, but he grew up in New York City. And... So his whole thing was barbecue, mm. and uh, he inherited, like, a huge pit that was made especially for my father. My father doesn't do much anymore with that pit, so he inherited it. And uh, at first he was like, yeah, I'm going um, to put some uh, foil on the grill. I was like, what? We don't do foil on the grill. Where are you? And I realized like that's what they do in New York. They put foil on the grill. And it's, um, I guess it's for easy cleanup. That's what he would always tell me. But it's like, no, man, that's like where all the flavor is. Like you're totally huh. putting a barrier between there and the fire.
0: No, because um, that's what I, I always did that too. That's like what you learn up in the Northeast.
1: Yeah. Well, it's for huh. easy cleanup. But, you know, yeah, that's when it's right, <laughs> when it's right on the, when it's right on the grill, like right on the flame. And then mm. not using charcoal. Like, um, there's a big difference. Like here we, I mean, people use charcoal. It's it's easy. It's convenient. But um, I know my partner has really gotten into, like, collecting different woods and smoking with different woods really? and how they affect the flavor. Yeah.
0: So He's and my so hero you, right you,
1: now. You could, you could, he'd love to hear that because he's, like, still learning. He's like, I want to be a pit master. Yeah.
0: <laughs> my brother-in-law is, like, one of those people, too, and, like, he smokes things. And, oh, God, he makes these ribs. He made ribs once three years ago that I still talk about and try to get him to make for me. Like, every time I see him, like, so, Alex, you know, those ribs you smoked uh, last Memorial Day passed. you got to make them again. It's like, dude, just stop. I was like, but I want them. They're so good.
1: Yeah, I mean, the barbecue scene here is, like, crazy. Like That's awesome. It's funny because uh, I had a friend who was going to have a cookout um, in the Bronx uh, when I was still there. And they had to cancel it because it was, like, 97 degrees. It's too hot. <laughs> and we're like, what? It's like we're barbecuing outside when it's like heat index of 107. Like, come on!
0: <laughs> yeah, we're we're babies up here. Like, it's so funny. Uh, so, how did you end up in New York? Was that did you do that to pursue the arts?
1: Yes, I did. I um, went up there to study. I went to NYU and um, kind of, you know, just didn't go home after the after graduation um, and just made made a community up there. And started doing my art and, um, and then just started gigging around town and also do, being a teaching artist and working with young people and different communities and doing arts education. So that's how I ended up there and stayed up there for a very long time. And then, um, my lease was up. And then I was like, you know, I've always wondered what it's been, what it would be like to go home, especially mm. what I know now. And so I was like, okay, mom and dad are getting older. Let me try this out. Lease is coming up. Do I really want to look for another apartment and really stress out about that? Yeah. And it's like, let me, let me, let me try this. Let me go home and let me try this. And if it doesn't work, you know, I can travel or I can, you know, come back. I can always come back. Yeah. Um, So I've been very fortunate that I'm able to, I'm not quite yet by cool soul, but um, where I've been fortunate where I can, you know, go for a couple of weeks in the summer because I'm you know, working and gigging up there. Um, yeah. And so I've been fortunate. So I, my my goal is to eventually grow that so that I could actually be by bi- Coastal and be like, okay, six months out of the year, I'm going to be working creating in New York. And then six months out of the year, I'm going to be down in Texas. Let me you know, guess, eventually. it gets
0: cold, leave New York, go to Texas. Absolutely. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to join
0: you on that one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely, because I am not a fan of the cold, not even when I was up there. I hate feeling like a linebacker, Yeah, it you sucks. know, like just layer, layer, layer. Um, but the funny thing is, like, when it gets cold two weeks out of the year here in San Antonio, um, which is usually in February, it's like, what? I'm wearing, like, a jean jacket or,
0: you know, wearing a <laughs> sweater
1: all the time, and everybody's like, it's so cold. And I'm like, no, it's really uh-huh. bad. It's really it's, not that cold.
0: <laughs> it's when you're wearing so many clothing, you can only see your eyes, you know, it's cold. And you're yeah. like you're doing that walk. And you're like, and that's only to go from your car. Oh, you live in New York. Like from my car to my job, or like yeah. if you to the subway. It's like I'm I'm putting up uh, for me. It's more that I'm wearing all this clothes just to take it off in like a 30 minute period, and then you yeah. have to go back out. And you're like, Ugh, I gotta do all that again.
1: Oh, I know. I You wear really, boots I and really you bring shoes
0: that. with you. I hate it. Fucking hate it.
1: And I really hated the snow. I have to say, everybody's like, oh, but the snow is so no magical. It's like, no, oh. it's not. It's not fucking magical. It's not fucking magical when it becomes, like, pea stained <laughs> or when it becomes black or oh. when, like, your feet get soaked trying to walk from, like, your apartment to the subway or... It's not fun. So, um...
0: My theory yeah, for snow is, like, it's only really fun if you live in, like, a really wealthy neighborhood that gets plowed out yeah. first. And I've never lived in those places. I'm in the, usually in the... Last on the list to get plowed, and like, I can't come to work today because I can't get out.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I always said that snow is the prettiest from my bedroom window. You know, like when it's, when
0: Day it's one. Day, it's t- so
1: beautiful. <laughs> Day
0: two. Day two. Go fuck it. Exactly. I hate it. I hate it. So, I, I want to hear more about like, so what's the teaching around uh, New York thing? Kind of like you're teaching like kids while doing your own art simultaneously?
1: Uh, are you talking about the project that I just am, am completing right now? Or are you talking about, like, when I come up uh, during the summers? No, well, let's do both. <laughs> okay. So um, during the summers, I'm part of a collective called Echo Arts. And um, it's created by a really great friend and mentor of mine, Ellen Kirschbaum. And she's, she was an arts educator in New York City. She, like, started two performing arts schools in Spanish Harlem and she's 80 years old and she like does what she wants and she fucking doesn't care. And I love her.
0: Uh, I, I, so I she, love her.
1: <laughs> so she, um she created these uh relationships or nurtured these relationships with several, with within the CUNY system. And that's how I, you know, she saw me when uh, I was performing with the group I used to be with. And she saw me and she was like, I saw you do a poem. And I was like, immediately I want her. And so she gets like these amazing artists together and puts them together for several gigs depending on what is needed in the CUNY system or in actually in any educational system. And we go into the schools, um, primarily college, um, and we use our skills, our individual crafts, to, like, help build leadership skills, using the arts as leadership, uh, leadership building skills. And, yeah, that's what we do. And so it could be anything from, like, getting a 60-year-old who has never had – or 65-year-old that's never had any kind of arts education, never sang, never danced. And, you know, we put them in a mini workshop, and it's like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're – in two days, you're going to be performing this. Wow. And you're going to be great. And sometimes we get resistance. Actually, a lot of times we get resistance. And then by day three – it just depends on how much money is in the program – um, but usually by day three, sometimes we're very fortunate where it's five days later, mm-hmm. young people are doing things that they never thought that they could do before. And that's always very inspiring and, and beautiful to see um, in a corny way. I know. <laughs> but no, if they I mean, just like, beautiful. whoa, I got to do that. Like, whoa, I totally didn't get to do that. I didn't know I could do that. And that's what I love seeing a lot.
0: Well, you know what, it's what my dad never, um, so my dad's a painter, but he never started painting until he was like in his 40s, maybe late 40s, or early 50s, and now he like, yeah, he's retired, so he's not like, a professional painter, but like, he has galleries all over the state, like on a regular basis, and it's just like, and I think I was like, when someone was asking why he had never done it, he's just like, it's never never the opportunity never presented itself and like me and a lot of people have it sometimes that you could, you could be your own worst enemy But like well i'll be no good at this and i'm not going to do it and sometimes you need like people like you to step in and be like who cares god when you get to a certain age you're just like i'm too old for that i'm not trying but at 60 to be like try something new damn
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so like usually we well right lately we've been teaching with um a civic connections program out of Kingsborough Community College and um, that's for young people or just any person actually that's coming into the educational system, community college educational system in the second semester because that actually second semester has been proven the stats that they are the highest uh, group to actually drop out, um, mainly because they don't get that freshman startup in the fall. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, yeah, it's usually like working families that start or working people, working moms and dads, or even continuing ed um, that start in the second semester, and they actually end up dropping out first.
0: I'm um, one of those community college second semester dropouts. Yeah. yeah. I, I eventually thank God it all worked out. I ended up eventually going back and getting my bachelor's. But, yeah, cool. I, I was totally one of those, like, straight to community college did semester two. I was like, fuck this. going to work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. School's hard. And school is very hard, especially if – well, it's hard for anyone. But I, I would imagine – and I'm not a mom. But I would imagine it's extremely hard for those that are single parents or oh, even just, like, starting all over again. I've had a couple of students – who were in their late 40s, who were 65, that were, you know, the 65-year-old woman was like, I've put all my children through school, and now I've retired, and all my children are putting me through school. That's and so sweet. I know, right? It's awesome. And then I had a young man, not a young man, well, yes, he is young. hes uh, He was like 45, and he was like, I used to work on Wall Street, and I fucking hated it, and so now I'm really going to follow my dream. He's like, the crash happened, this was several years ago, and he's like, and so... I'm going to start all over again and I'm going to do what I really want to do. So it, you know, hearing stories like that are very inspiring. You know, I, I totally play into it too. Like, Oh, I'm too old or I'm getting older. or um, But hearing stories like that and actually seeing people put the action into really creating the lives at any age, it does not matter where you are is just like so cool and such a, such an inspiring like jump off point for me to like get my shit together. Right. <laughs> but,
0: I mean, maybe this is just what movies have taught me, but I don't think there's many people at 65 who are like, I'm finally going to become that investment baker. It's, <laughs> only, it, it's generally the arts, because I think a lot of people want to have a creative field, especially to make a career out of, but it's hard. Like it's and yeah. risky. and If you can't, it, it, some people just don't have the... Well, because there's the arts, there's the talent, and the business aspect of right. it that not everyone has.
1: You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean... um, that was something that in the, excuse me, in the program that I created the artist residency for young people here in San Antonio. Um, that was a very important aspect of it. Um, because, (laughs) and please forgive me. Um, I think that a lot of this younger generation sometimes forgets how much work is put into getting the actual product. It's not something that actually Mm -hmm. appears. Um, and that was something that I, I kind of, was getting the uh, I was kind of getting that feeling anyway from some of my students and then when I finally heard some of their responses or would hear some of their conversations she was like oh I had a student oh I, I didn't think that I needed to put that much work in well child what were you thinking you know it doesn't just yeah. appear and hearing other working artists that were in her field or even similar fields that were like no you need to you know, you need to do stuff for yourself, even if you don't have a gig that you're waking up for every day. You need mm-hmm. to get up every day, make a schedule and be good to your body. Take care of your vessel because that's what, that's your money maker. And also learn the business. You know, you are going to be your best negotiator, your best promotional person. Yes, you can hire somebody, but it's really hard to find that person that can really advocate on your behalf. Um, and so it's important for any any artist to know that business, you know, how to read contracts, how to make your contracts, how to negotiate, how to really get your worth. Um, and so I really hope that at the end of this journey that my students really pulled that out or it'll click, right? Cause there were some moments during our residency that I was like, I don't know. I don't know if they're getting it. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, sometimes I get frustrated and sometimes I would cry. And then um, it was actually Ellen cause we met with her and it was actually Ellen that said, you know what, Erika? sometimes the little motherfuckers aren't going to get it. They're not going to get it right now. They're not going to get it next week, but maybe a month from now, or maybe two years from now, it'll click and they'll understand. And she's like, so it's really just part of the process and you're just going to have to be fucking patient with it. Yeah. <laughs> so <it's> like, "Okay." <laughs> maybe
0: they're 65 and they're like, all right, now it's time to take it right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of that. And, um, I mean, I created the residency because when I got home, I, I knew there was a plan. <laughs> the plan was for me to obviously have a hell of a lot more money.
0: <laughs> so Isn't that, that everybody's? I,
1: I know that's, you know, you're, you're like the fourth or fifth person that has always <laughs> that has yeah. said that to me, you know, to return home, have, you know, enough money to purchase a nice chunk of real estate and start an arts conservatory, an art school here in San Antonio. And, okay, so that didn't happen. Um, but I have all this wealth of knowledge. I have this experience. So how can I be a resource for young people that are wanting to possibly pursue or wanting to pursue a path in the arts as a career? And so, you know, I – I, I still am a teaching artist, so I do go into the schools or in community centers and, and teach creative writing and poetry, um, and drama. And then I took it a step further and there was a group of young people, uh, that were coming from an amazing after-school arts organization for young people only. And it was tuition free, but they weren't, uh, I was coming in as a vocal coach and cause they didn't have that available. And that's actually where I, I was like, huh, there's a need here and I can I can supply that need. So let me just go ahead and start, you know, private coaching young people that really either don't have accessibility to the arts because one, you know, it could be money, you know, like they can't pay for the extra lessons outside of this programming. Or two, they just live in a side of town or maybe they come from families who are just not very supportive of, yeah. you know, pursuing the arts. Um, as a career.
0: And that cuts across all classes. so let me be
1: that supportive force.
0: I noticed that too, but I think you can see the uh, families not supportive of the arts, that can cut across all the classes. That could be from wealthy to poor, to everyone, there's just always those families are like, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I created this residency because I was like, you know what? Young people that, and in conversations with a lot of young artists that were out there and were going to school, you know, one of the first questions that I would ask them was, you know, um, have you spoken to other artists that are doing what you want to do now? And a lot of them said no. And I was really amazed that they just weren't seeking that out. Um, <clears throat> and so I just, I was like, you know what, I think I want to create a program where young people can actually really dig their hands in the dirt sort of say, Mm -hmm. and, like, really get the answers that they need. Whatever answers they have in their – whatever, I'm sorry, whatever questions they have in their head that maybe conversation can't answer for them, experience can. So let me go ahead and see if I can create this opportunity for them. And that's how it all started was I just wanted to give back.
0: And what is the name of this place?
1: It's called the Puentes Young Artist Residency.
0: Okay, perfect. So this is also the GoFundMe page as well?
1: Yep. Yeah, okay, cool. Right.
0: I, I want to make sure I got that right. Cause I was like, I think we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, could maybe also give uh, people, we should definitely plug the GoFundMe. I'll put an intro in the front as well. Um, but, uh, so there's also a GoFundMe uh, page for this awesome arts residency. And, oh, you guys already have, uh, some donations.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is that we've just completed, well, we haven't just completed it. That's not, that's not true we just came back from New York. Um, we got back on July 26. And so we spent three weeks in New York city. Um, and the young people got workshops and improvisation, acting character development, uh, vocal. Wow. So took a lot of dance classes because a lot of my students that I took, uh, were not strong in movement, Um, so they got to take like West African dance class and and intro to hip hop. Which sometimes I know hip hop is very standard, but for some reason it's not always available here in San Antonio, only for little kids.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So you know they got to like really explore their bodies and see like how their bodies move and and work. Um,
0: Are these kids from Texas? And you guys all go to New York together?
1: Yes, they're all from San Antonio. Wow, up together. And it was a small group this year, so I took three young women, um, and I took uh, a community artist who also acted as a facilitator and mentor, So, it was and a chaperone, so you he kind of helped me out. Um, so and, you're changing we these out.
0: kids' lives, for sure, because I can't imagine taking a trip that far at a young age and doing all that awesome stuff.
1: I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, that's not I, – I would – I mean, I want their lives to be – Change in the fact that they understand, I can do this. You know, I want them to like walk away from it and be like, I can do anything. I can do this. Um, because I remember being their age at 18, 19 years old. And, you know, the side of the, the side of town of San Antonio that I grew up in and that I actually presently live in, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're the arts heart of San Antonio, but um, I, think I know what that means. <laughs> Yeah, so we're the Corazón of San Antonio, but at the same time, like, most of us, you know, we're lucky if we can graduate high school. We're lucky we can even graduate college and have a degree and then much less be an artist. I mean, come on. Yeah. And then make money off of it. Oh, my God. You know kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, So nobody ever told me, and I was very fortunate to have parents that were very encouraging and so beautiful and, like, telling me, like, you want to do it? Okay, go do it. Uh, you know, find out what you need to do and come back with a plan, (laughs) talk to us about it and then go do it. Like my parents never told me I couldn't do anything. And so maybe it was very, maybe it was arrogance or naivete, but I was just like, I'm going to New York city and I'm going to do this and I'm going to get into NYU. And I did, and I left and I went. And so, you know, not all kids feel that way.
0: No, but I mean and then you get yeah. to instill these values into these Well, I mean you did, you had an opportunity but then you you gave back. You know, you didn't just go to Wall Street, make a billion dollars and burn down a bad neighborhood or something like
1: you're yeah, actually giving I mean, back
0: and doing good for the world.
1: The plan was always to give back. So I'm I'm yeah. happy that I'm able to like fulfill that. <laughs> or I wish I'm on more my way to that fulfilling way. that. I'm on that way to fulfilling that and so I'm that's something I'm very proud of. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I wish more people kind of felt that way and it was, it was like my wife and i have worked for nonprofits for like fucking ever uh so when, like carly like introduced said set this up i was like oh hell yeah we need to have more people like this and get their voice out in the world it's great and uh, the us the I only mean, bit the thing that's happening is there's always that saying starving artist it's never like
1: yeah starving well, wall street think, executive right you're right um You know, but I think it also comes down to, like, the opportunities. You know, the one thing that kept on resonating, and I kept hearing every artist, and I think this is something that I I tried to embody in creating this program, was that, you know, you can't wait for opportunities to happen to you. You can't wait and sit there. You have to actually create them, especially if you don't see yourself uh, being represented in opportunities or they're just not coming. Like, we all have the tools to do it, whether or not we want to do the work, that's really up to the artists themselves. And so, I mean, that was something I was like, this, there's no program like this in San Antonio. Uh, I know the components of what I want to include. And I had some fundraising experience from uh, the group that I used to be with. We fundraised our tour to Ireland. And so I was like, I think I can do this. Yeah, I, I can I can do this. I just need some help. And so, yeah, so I enrolled the kids in the conversation and I was like, here's the opportunity. We can c- to create this together. But, you know, this is not like any other residency. You're going to have to help create this with me. And that means fundraising, too. So that was a big part of it. And I hope that this goes into like their business, business um, learning. Right. As artists is that, you know, as artists, you're going to have to Ninety-nine percent times, you're gonna to have to create these opportunities for yourself, and so you should learn how to fundraise for whatever your project is. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big part of it. And I know sometimes I was a big pain in the ass, especially when I was, you know, texting at seven a.m. Be like, okay, today we're great fundraisers. Here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if I still mention that today, they're like, oh no, please don't mention those texts. How? <laughs> uh,
0: so you might? Do you uh, seem to be tech savvy enough to really? utilize gofundme and things of that nature which is kind of a, a game changer in the best way
1: i tried yes i mean i tried to learn that as much as what i could pick up and then also i have a few students who are more tech savvy than i am and so they helped out a lot in that way yeah. as well um yeah you, so it's all for it? not, i'm all for it yeah
0: yeah, some people have mixed review- views on this stuff. I'm like, well, just don't give your money to it if you don't like the project. It's that easy. That's what
1: I'm saying. Like, hello, read the campaign, and then, like, see how you feel about it. If you don't feel like it moves you, like you want to give, then don't give.
0: Then just share. Yeah. And, and you'll listen. At the very least, just hit share.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's different ways to support A lot of people are like, oh, I can't, you know, okay, well, what can you give? Or what's stopping you from giving? Or I had a friend who was very, very generous, um, and we grew up together in San Antonio and he ended up moving to Australia. Wow. For, I know, right? From business, from San Antonio to Australia. And so he, he called me and he's like, so I'm looking at your GoFundMe page. And I said, okay. He says, I have a few questions. I was totally open to that. You know, what are the questions that you have? Um, and he ended up being like, probably one of our biggest donors and um, he was actually a, a person that I really didn't expect to do that, but so i very, very grateful. Yeah. Very grateful for him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that was, that was part of this project was giving back and we're still giving back. Um, so we returned and now the girls, uh, my artists, our artists have um, a project that they have to actually create to share their experience of what they learned of what they gathered of their time in New York. And at the same time, give back to the community that invested in them. So they're still figuring it out, whether they're going to curate a community event or curate a series of workshops that's going to be offered free to young people. Mm-hmm. And then on a sliding scale, reduce fee to the, um, to the older community, right? Cause their main goal is giving back to youth, at least for them on their platform
0: now so before you move back to San Antonio like do you think do you think that someone could have your trajectory now like could grew up in San Antonio and then stay in San Antonio or is it like you kind of have to move to New York or uh, San Francisco or Chicago kind of to have that to be able to live up of it i
1: mean definitely my time in new york really i really shaped me to be the, the type of artist i mean i already knew when I left that I wanted to return one day to give back, hence having a lot of money, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which didn't work. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I learned how to really collaborate and and build community across every, like every border with in New York. Yeah. I mean, San Antonio is, is growing and it's a diversity, but I learned that from New York. Like I learned the hustle from New York. Mm-hmm. I learned how to like make a whole, like get donations and like scrap from New York. I didn't really learn it from here, you know? Um, and maybe, maybe some people may disagree with me about that, but you know, that type of education that I got in community building and hustling, <laughs> that's New York. That's not San Antonio just because of the speed. And I think sometimes could be even the style and like mm-hmm. asking for help. Because one of the things that, uh, one of the hesitants that one of my students had was like, okay, we're going to start GoFundMe, but you know, there's people that are asking for money, you know, for, you know, hospital bills. I'm going, okay. I said, yes. And they're like, well, I feel bad. No, that's the first part of it. Don't feel bad for asking people to invest in you. You know, people have a choice. They can say yes or they can say no. And we've all heard worse, so it's not a big deal, you know. And at the same time, like, if we don't ask our community to invest in us, we can't come back and give back to our community. Like, it takes investment in order for transformation to take place. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's something that my artists are learning that you know we shouldn't be ashamed to ask for help but there's always people in our community that are waiting waiting to step up to ask to invest in somebody not necessarily money but just even in time resources and time and you know just generosity and so and but we don't ask we don't ask as a community because i think sometimes there's like some shame in asking for help
0: oh yeah absolutely
1: so that's something that I've had to like relearn that there's no shame in asking for help, you know, because I can't do it.
0: <laughs> it's, it's yeah, yeah. No, they're definitely. I kind of see where those kids are coming from. I was like, yeah, I mean, but you're totally right. Uh, that's so that's wonderful. It sounds like a nice little uh, community you guys have going down there, and uh, it's just cool. You know, it's cool that all those kids can grow up and never even think for us they'll never know anything different like they'll just think that everywhere has these great opportunities and now they can go around and do the same and go back
1: yeah yeah so it's been a it's been a learning lesson um you know I'm already thinking for next year and my my colleague um my co-facilitator was like what I was like yeah I'm taking a break like when we get home I'm gonna take like you know maybe a month <laughs> I was like, and then I'm going to start fundraising for next year. (laughs) And he was like, oh, my God. He's like, I don't know that I can do that. And I was like, well, I don't want to stop the momentum. Like, the thing is that every young person should have this opportunity, regardless of where they are in San Antonio. And if I can help in facilitating that, like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I don't want any kid to, like, fall in the shadow and be like, you know, I could have been, you know, 40 years later, I could have been this, you know, and I yep. don't ever want any young person to feel that way.
0: Now you mentioned a tour to Ireland. What was that for?
1: I used to be with a group called Mahina Movement and um, we were together, or I was a member for about 12 years. Wow. Um, and yeah, we we were an all-women, uh, spoken word, uh, spoken word music, um when I was younger, I would dance visual group and Mm. visual media group. And so yeah, we were together for 12 years. Uh, we did a little bit of everything and we, um, for our second album, we realized, we're like, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna play big and we're gonna raise some money and we're gonna go to Ireland. Um, one of our performance mates had already had, uh, connections in Ireland. She had gone as a, Individual artist to Ireland, and she had made these great community connections. And um, yeah, she she was just like, let's just go. And we went, and we did a kick. No, no, we did a what's the, what's the other one called? I no okay. There's Kickstarter. There's Indiegogo. We did an Indiegogo. <laughs> I was like idealist. That's that, that's a job hunting girl. <laughs> um, we did an Indiegogo page, and we raised about fifteen thousand dollars. And, um, yeah, we went to Ireland and we worked in, we worked in community organizations in Ballymoon, which is, uh, it's a little, I guess, I I don't know. I I don't know how to call it, but it's not a suburb. It's not, it's a little out, it's not a town, but it's like a little, maybe, I guess we could call it a village, I guess. I don't know if that's right, but
0: yeah, I don't know. (laughs) A
1: little village outside of Dublin, um, so you could, you know, take the bus going into the city. Um, but it was, you know, it's considered like the ghetto, you know, and we work there with young people and youth. And there's this wonderful arts community organization that's like this huge center. It's called Access. And they have like social services in there. They have like arts, arts education in there. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a huge building and anybody can go in and it's, it's a beautiful building and it's beautiful for what they do in the community there. And yeah, so we did, um, arts education workshops and we did some gigs around town in Dublin. And we also did some along the coastal line and, um, it was amazing it was it was it was absolutely amazing it was life-changing for me and so like if i am able to see the world for my family then i want some young people or not some but the young people that i work with or that i could have crossed my path to be able to feel that they can do that too for their families
0: now what kind of music like Spoken word v- dance like for someone like me, I like doesn't isn't part of that world. What is that like what is that?
1: Uh we did a little bit of everything, so we'd like combine like folk, blues, hip hop, R and B. Um sometimes I would rhyme in Spanish. You know, so it was it was like kind of, we kinda just kinda threw it all up together and see what came out and and what came out in a movement. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Very grateful for my time yeah. with it.
0: Yeah, and God, you get to go to Ireland. That's, that's so awesome.
1: I know. I fell in love with Ireland. love that. Was definitely a spiritual. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I had a friend. She did a workshop with us, and my student asked, "You know, oh, are you from New Orleans?" Because she had a T-shirt that says "Living with New Orleans." She's like, "No." She's like, "But I'm connected to New Orleans. It's my spirit animal, and that's how I kind of feel about
0: yeah. Ireland." It's yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Whenever you go to do that, your favorite travel place, like I'll feel like that forever. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Man, I don't even. What are like eighteen and nineteen year olds like into nowadays? I I'm so far removed from that. I don't
1: know. Um, they're really big into pop culture and social media. So, so they're big. like,
0: <laughs> they're just big.
1: So, well, uh, well.
0: Why I don't Snapchat.
1: Okay, yeah, they Snapchat all the time, and I called it snatch chat because I am so sometimes against, you know, like following like what's what's in now in social mm. media. I know as an artist, I need to change that mind frame because I want to stay current. I want to be connected. So it was the same thing, you know, when Carly was like, I'm on Twitter. So several years ago when Twitter first came out, I was like, "Ugh, twatter. And I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it. And then eventually I became part of Twitter. Um, so I felt the same way with snap, snap chat. <laughs> so <laughs> Snapchat. I was calling it, I was calling it Snapchat. Um, yeah. But I mean, I mean, they video for, like, every little thing. Like, even, I was like, why? I don't get it. Why? Um, and one thing I didn't understand, and I spoke to one of my students about, as we were, like, shopping and stuff, I said, I don't get, like, I t- I, I, I guess maybe I went through this phase when I was their age or maybe when I was younger. I loved Menudo, you know, that Puerto Rican boy. Called- Ricky Martin. Yes. Oh, I know I was- Menudo. I loved Menudo. I, you know, and then New Kids on the Block came out, and I hated New Kids on the Block because I would felt like they were just trying to, like, totally scam on Menudo. You know, in Um, retrospect,
0: I think you might be right.
1: (laughs) uh, Yeah, they were. They were just kind of trying trying to whitewash this group. They were the first boy band, and then New Kids on the Block came out, and then all these. And I was like, what? Y'all are imitators. So. Yeah. So maybe I went through that phase. And of course, like I got all these teen magazines and I cut them out and made these weird little collages in my room. Maybe that's the equivalent of like being on social media now. But I you know, I don't and maybe I'm totally hating, but I don't get where like the obsession comes from, you know, (laughs) because, you know, we met some pretty important people. They're just hugely humble in the business. And maybe I'm just talking them up because they're my dear friends. I said, but they're, they're very talented. They're very humble. And, you know, we got introduced to a couple people that they knew on the side. I was like, Oh my God, that's so-and-so. And And I was like, you know, that he's like a pretty big writer. You know that he wrote for like SNL, you know that he wrote with like Tina Fey, you know? And they were like, Oh, okay. All right. And I was, yeah, it was like, okay. I was like, you know that you, you know, and yet they would look at their Snapchat and be like, "Oh my God, Selena Gomez is in like Soho," and I was like, "Really, really like you? Sh- you're not gonna ever know this." Okay, maybe I'm just being a hater, but I was like, "This is someone so far removed from you." Same
0: thing, cause it's got to be like whatever. I don't it's care. Like, you're,
1: this, this is so far removed from you. This is someone that will never like care about your well-being you know because this particular writer like was he owns some rehearsal we were having an improv workshop that he kind of walked in and I was like okay I think we're gonna have to close we're gonna have to close our session now because I have to rent the studio one more time and I was on a budget and he walks in and he's like this big huge personality and our teacher was like oh this is so-and-so and then I had to ask again when he left You know, who is that again? I know his name. They're like, oh, yeah, he used to work for SNL. And so he owns these studios, and he basically said, you know what? He's like, you guys have fun. I'm so happy you guys are here from San Antonio. Like, you guys can stay in the studio as long as you want, as long as your teacher wants to be here because you're with the best. And I was like, oh, my God. He was just so generous. And, you know, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have yep. to give us like free rehearsal space. He didn't have to take a picture with us later, you know. He didn't have he didn't have to do that, and yet you're getting really excited about like Selena Gomez,
0: you well, know? You like, gotta keep your cool when that shit happens. So that's how they probably do it inside. they wigging out.
1: I don't think so because oh, <laughs> later on, no, later on, we had a conversation. You know, they were like, "Who is that again?" <laughs> and later, and I was like, "He worked with like." they were on the same writing team with, like, Tina Fey. Like, I remember seeing credits and this this name coming up, and I remember thinking, oh, that's a very unusual name. And then meeting him was like, oh, my God. And You're the guy. Yeah, you're the guy. And then also it's like, I guess maybe because I'm older now, I'm always thinking about opportunities and, yeah. like, building networks. And so, you know, when we had a talk back with the kids, I was, you know, and I was trying to keep it real. It's was like, you know, if you guys – You know, I know that some of the the artists that I've connected you with, maybe they weren't your cup of tea. Maybe they were a little more eccentric than you'd like. Maybe they did an art form that you really don't care about. But here's the thing. I said every person that I've connected you with that you've met can play a crucial role in your future. So it is important that you listen. It is important that you're professional. I don't care if this is not your cup of tea or you're too tired. You're going to look perky you're going to be grateful you're you know like it just because i felt at one point in the trip like it was just kind of like like they were you know they weren't they weren't getting it like it wasn't connecting yeah you know? and so I, that just frustrated me like
0: you just went into teacher mode
1: i went into teacher mode and i was like if you were smart enough you should be building this network hello this is part of the school it's you're like the network
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> you need that you need that because yeah, that's kind of sweet
1: so um so then they were like oh yeah. Oh and I was like yeah, hello. Hello. <laughs>
0: Tina Fey is pretty cool. They they like Tina Fey. I hope she's still yeah, cool. Yeah, they
1: do. They love Tina
0: Fey. And she's um, the best. I have one
1: student in particular who like adores Tina Fey. Oh, she's um, so great. So yeah. So like, Mean
0: Girls is awesome and she wrote it. And I used to get made fun of for loving that movie when I like, came out. And I love now it's like Girls. decades later like that's a fucking solid movie. I mean I- It was marketed poorly because of Lindsay Lohan, but it's a great movie.
1: Yeah, it really is. I really do love Mean Girls, and I have to say, I admit, I have like, I have an affliction for coming-of-age teen movies, no matter how poorly written they are. I love them. I cannot. I have to sit and watch them. I don't care.
0: Yeah, but Mean (laughs) Girls was written well and good, and it was a little more. It was. uh, It's just so fucking good. Everyone, go watch Mean Girls. That's what we're here for. Uh, before we uh, wrap it up was there anything we missed or anything else you need what we should cover
1: um no I mean I think thank you so much for having me I really oh, appreciate I really appreciate you taking your time and, and like seeing... uh, I wasn't
0: doing anything important don't worry
1: well no it's like I was asleep
0: on the couch 20 minutes before this could
1: have been like I don't know her I don't know if she's gonna be boring or not uh, so you really took a chance <laughs> oh, yeah. on me so thank you so much oh yeah really
0: shout out that. to Carly for connecting us no I'm all about trying to have more diverse guests. I was like, it's got to be more people. And I just love talking to the art. Art, artsy people. are awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Carly Davis Jr. I support. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How do you guys know each other? Do you guys like know each other just online or in real life?
1: No, we, we know each other in real life. Um, I met Carly through uh, the group that she used to be with, uh, Chica Luna Films, Chica Luna Productions. This oh. was like back in the day. Um, actually, when they had their offices in Spanish Harlem, my group rented a table so that we could be more office savvy, um, which we never really fully utilized. Um, but I hung out there a lot half the time just talking about movies and talking about life and laughing with Carly and the rest of the people that were <laughs> in that production company. And we became instant foodie buddies, like We made lists of food places we wanted to eat at together. So we would go to lunch very regularly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then, um, yeah, so I I was there to see uh, when she was pregnant with her first baby, Ellis. And I'd go visit her when she was in New Jersey. So Carly's a very dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, She's
0: the best.
1: Yeah, she is. She's great.
0: We call her a podcast. Well, maybe I have. I call her the podcast mom because she runs our network.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, she's she's great. She's and it great.
0: keeps growing, and she's I I like totally begged to be on it too. I like was found it, and then I was like, so can I please be on your network, please? <laughs> like, I totally found it, and it was because like one of my friends had a show on here, and I was like, man, I want to get on that. This is awesome, and it just keeps getting better and better.
1: And I think it's funny she like totally downplays like this whole kingdom that she's created. Like, I know. Podcast. She's like, yeah, so I do some podcasts. <laughs>
0: She does like a hundred and fifty podcasts.
1: I know. I was like, girl. Um and she
0: was gonna she was trying to be on tonight, but she had a different one simultaneously. It's like I have one and I can barely keep it together.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's she's amazing and she is humble and amazing, but she don't have to be that humble.
0: Yeah, unhumble. Uh, cause yeah. I <laughs> and knowing her, she's probably listening to this.
1: I know she's probably like, yo, what's stupid up. Also,
0: <laughs> oh, before we go, uh, tell people where they can find all of the GoFundMe, like your stuff online and uh, all that good stuff.
1: So we're working on creating a actual website. I know. I know. There's a lot of free stuff out there. I know. I just need to, like, get yep. it together. <laughs> so I'm getting it together, people. Um, but, yeah, you can totally find out more of our residency and also the program, the bigger umbrella that it belongs to. Name Seba on our GoFundMe page, which is GoFundMe, Puentes, what is it? I can't remember now. Young Artist Residency, um, dot com, but you can find us on Puentes Young Artist Residency. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're always looking for support, uh, not necessarily in donations, but maybe in connections. Maybe you have maybe out there in the podcast world, maybe there's, maybe you need an, an intern. And I may have the young woman for you and it's not just for young women this next year. It's actually opened up. It's gonna, we're going to open up a little bit bigger. So, um, yeah. So thank you so much for having us, Chris.
0: Oh, thanks for coming on. And, um,